so I grew up in, in Colorado where uh, we had a wrestling team that was really good. <clears throat> and it was interesting. Uh, you could look in the stands and you could see who the parent was. <laughs> By how they're... <laughs> so I, I was standing in the back just now. I, I could see all the parents. <laughs> They're pulling for their kids. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> Isn't that cool? So that's how God is today. He's looking down on us, and he's so excited when we're moving, when we're, when we're exalting Jesus, when we're responding to how great he is. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, God's all about having fun. Uh, you know, we even, we even talked about this on Friday. We had a good, good Friday service. And you know what? It was, it was for the joy that was set before him that he endured. It wasn't something uh, uh, down. He didn't get down. He wasn't defeated at the cross. He overcame at the cross. Aren't you glad for that? Hallelujah. So we just have a few minutes here. I, I want to just talk about um, really what happened in Christ is so very personal. I was thinking about it. Each person that here, it, just look around a little bit. How different we are. Isn't everybody different, you know? It's like... it. <laughs> I, I was part of this group one time, and you know, we we would we were dealing with people, special case people, you know, and I, and I got to thinking, you know what? We're all special cases. We all, we we're we're all in need of a savior, right? Not just sometime in my past. You know, I, I grew up in this church where you know we'd have a testimony service. Anybody ever go to have a testimony service? You know, and that's where people stand up and they say. 20 years ago, I was gloriously saved, and it was a wonderful time back then. And, you know, <laughs> anybody identify with that? I'm just grateful that right now I'm gloriously saved. Today is the day of salvation. Hallelujah. And I can rejoice in it right now, and it can be more real to me than it ever has been. Isn't that for you today? It's like, wow, God, it's just amazing how. I thought I, I knew something about you, and I'm just finding out that, man, I'm just getting started. Isn't that wonderful? And, man, I want to be encouraged in that. And, and um, the, the, the crux of what I want to look at here today is, is the reason for Jesus coming was for relationship. And, you know, it doesn't do any good to know a lot about God if you don't know God. You have to know him. And there was a real problem before Jesus came. We had a nature that just was irreconcilable with God. We could not know God. We could not be in his presence. You know, he came up with a, a law where animals could be slain and somehow somebody could get, you know, have some kind of fellowship with God. But our nature was messed up. And it was because there was one other man. Did you know that there was another man that was perfect? You know, sometimes we, don't, we, don't, we say, well, Jesus was the only one that was, you know what, there was a man before that that was perfect. And so I want to look at it this way because it, it takes a, a man, a, a human being to affect all the other human beings. And it takes a human being that's in a state of perfection before God. And there was a man named Adam that he was. He walked with God in the garden. He fellowshiped with God. He demonstrated what, it was, what, what was the heart of God in making man. Was to fellowship. This was God's heart for fellowship. 
But there was a requirement of that. And, and, and God, I'm telling you what, God today in this place, it's so amazing. His grace is so amazing because it makes a way for all of us that we look around and see that we're all kind of different. We're all kind of special, you know. But his grace makes it possible by the blood of Jesus for us to actually be in the presence of a most holy God that doesn't tolerate any sin. Isn't that amazing? So I want to look at this because um, what happened on the cross and actually what happened on uh, coming out of the grave was so much more than just Jesus. <laughs> you know, we sang about it already this morning. I mean, it, it, it's, the, it's the crux of what we believe. If we don't believe in the resurrection of Christ, uh, there's nothing else to believe about Christ. <laughs> it's his resurrection. But it doesn't stop there. It's not enough to just believe that Jesus rose from the grave until we believe that I was there. Can you look at your neighbor and say, I was there. You know, it turns this celebration into a whole different level of, of excitement. <laughs> you know, <laughs> do you ever try to tell somebody about some trip you went on or something, you know, and, and you're struggling, their eyes are kind of glazing over, you know, most people don't want to hear you tell their, you know, what you're, they want to tell you what they went through, right? You know, what they experienced, you know, and some, and some usually it gets to the point, well, I just guess you had to be there. You know, you ever get to that? You know, it was really cool and, and words just never, have you ever had somebody describe some place to you or something and you, and you go there and you say, that's nothing like what I heard them tell me it was. Why? It's because a, a description doesn't do the same thing as an experience. And what happened with Jesus between the cross and the grave, coming out of the grave until it's I was there, it's just not the same thing. Amen? So I want to look at this. Uh, let, let's, let's go to 1 Corinthians. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 15 here. <clears throat> and this is going to be Adam versus Christ because Christ is actually referred to as the second Adam. And partly for this reason is because in, in the first Adam, Again, he was the only one qualified to impact all of mankind that would follow him. And it was because he was perfect and had a relationship with God. And what happened to him, sometimes, it's, it's like Buddy said, <laughs> we have these, we have these uh, what, did you, what did you call that, Buddy? Silent um, things? Blind spots. blind spots, yeah, there's blind spots. Think, we don't realize that we're affecting people. And, and I'm sure Adam didn't. He thought he was just pleasing his wife. No, it's, it wasn't just his wife's fault. But, but he he... he to him, he didn't know how powerful his relationship with God was and what he was getting ready to do was not just change him, but a whole bunch of blind spots. <laughs> you ever thought about yourself as a blind spot? <laughs> that's kind of what we are with relation to the first Adam because that's what we were. He didn't know it, but he was impacting us. Right? And ever since that first Adam... There's been a nature change. We don't evolve to perfection. We evolve towards nastiness. And that's why the world, as soon as you take God out of the picture in America, we're not going up. We're not progressive. Don't call it progressive. It's digressive. You cannot go anywhere with that unless you're under God. 
and under the, the wings of the Almighty, you're not going up, you're going down, right? So, ever since that first Adam fell, there was the inability of mankind to have a relationship with God. And it was because of sin. Now, we can, you know, a lot of times when we say sin, we, we want to, you know, put it in these really dark categories, you know, and somebody that does something really devastating and bad. But all, what, did, what, did, what did Adam do? Man, he ate an apple. Anybody ever eat an apple? I mean, it's like, <laughs> how can that be all that wrong? Well, when God told you not to, and you do, and why is that a problem? Because it wasn't a problem on God's fault. It was a problem on Adam's fault. Because as soon as there's a, there's a violation of what we know in our relationship with God, there's an inability to have fellowship with him. And, that's, and he affected it to our nature. It becomes something where, where we don't even mean to, but it's part of what we're, we're made to be. And unless something gets fixed, right? All right, let me read some scripture here. I'm just getting going. I'm getting inspired here, right? Uh, for since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. So here was the problem that God had. He couldn't just come down and just change everything. Remember in the wilderness once, God just wanted to kill everybody? <laughs> he just kind of got fed up with everybody. He said, man, can they not just love me for who I am? <laughs> right? But it, 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 it wouldn't work that way. Because a man had impacted all of mankind, it was going to take a man to remedy it. A man that would be like Adam, somebody that was perfect. Have the choice for the apple. <laughs> Have the choice for any temptation. And chose not to. Required that. So it says, by man came the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ all shall be made alive. Now here, here's the wonderful thing about this. In Christ all have been made from God's perspective alive. All right. Let me keep going here. Let's look in Romans 5. There's a few there. I got some commas. So we're going to skip just a little bit because I don't want to get into the weeds too much. But I want to point out some stuff here that's really critical for us to understand. While we're separated, God's love initiated contact. And so I love this about God. The problem with us was being able to connect with God. There was a... There was a, a, a a big divide. There was a veil to the holy of holies. We could not go there because of what Adam did, right? And so what really had to happen is there had to be some contact made. There had to be some communication made. There had to be a connection made. And what is so wonderful is God didn't just say, until they get this right, it's not happening. God initiated the contact. You know what? That's a real revelation of love. God does, love doesn't wait around for other people to get their act fixed before it acts. And so that's why in Christ himself, there's, there's this demonstration of God's love because he didn't wait around for somebody to get right. He said, getting right is not the big issue here. Fellowship is the big issue. If we can get fellowship right, if we can get 
connecting right, if we can get being in the presence right, knowing me right, everything else will fall into place. Amen? So what God did is, is he made, it's amazing. Isn't it cool how God can do some, well, I think it's really cool how he hung stars, you know, and he made all these creatures that are just really weird looking and, you know, they keep finding different ones in the ocean and stuff. It's like, wow, it's amazing how that same amoeba came up with all these other things. You know, uh, have a, it's a whole lot easier to believe in a God that's really creative, amen? <laughs> and in his creativity, he came up with a way of making contact with man in a way that's going to Bring us back into fellowship with him. Now, if, if, if you've never met God, if you never know God, it's like, oh, that just sounds kind of weird and religious or something. But man, when you know God, it's like David. He was the one that had everything else. <laughs> he defeated a bunch of enemies and everything. He said, there's one thing I want. I want to know God. Wow, there must be something really cool about that, especially if, if God wants to know us. He... Do you know yourself very well? It's like, now I know some of you are different places. Than this. Some people feel really good about yourself. Some people think, you know, we, we can put up walls. Or we're, we're worried about some, what somebody thinks about us. And you know what? God doesn't care what anybody else thinks about us. He wants us. He wants relationship with us. And he took all of his creativity and he applied it to what he did in Christ because a contact had to be made. He initiated the contact he said, I'm not waiting around. I'm sending my son. But it wasn't going to be enough for Jesus just to show up. And this is something we have to really understand. Is Jesus didn't show up as just the son of God. It wouldn't work. Remember, he kept calling himself what? The son of man. Because it was going to take a man to remedy the problem. And here, man, this is where it really gets... This is where it gets really passionate. You know, we, we referred to that the, the movie, The Passion. You know, man, that's pretty, that's pretty scary, you know, representation. And, and it, it was. I mean, it was a terrible, terrible thing that he went through. But every moment of his life was a passionate expression of why he was here. He was enduring all kinds of other things. And what it speaks to me is the reason why Jesus could be what he is for me in my life is not because he's just the son of God, but because he came and he became with us here on this earth. He became a man. And he didn't just get it over with in five years. <laughs> All right, I'm here, it's over with. No, he lived a whole life. 30 years, 33 years, he, he lived to complete what was required for him to relate to us as a human being. Man, that does me some good. Amen? That Jesus came and made contact with us by being a man and taking on all the stuff that we could ever encounter. Now, you know, sometimes I've heard that and said he was tempted in every way and we'd say, man, they didn't have... I don't know what they have today, like ecstasy or, you know, uh, all these kind of different drugs or whatnot that people might have. But you know what? They're, they're, nothing has changed. The same kind of temptations were there. They just looked different, but it was the same temptation. Something in his flesh. And every time he overcame, 
He was qualifying himself as the one that could do something for us. Amen? (laughs) For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man someone might even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So I'm seeing this as, wow, he didn't wait for us to get our act together. While we were gnarly, stinky, bothersome, (laughs) ornery, (laughs) cusses, whatever. You know, whatever we were, this is the magnitude of God's love because he, he didn't let the sin that we represented in our life keep him from making contact. Isn't that amazing? Wow, it really takes some revelation beyond what we can just talk about in a few moments. But God made a way for his holiness to penetrate our darkness. And his whole passion in doing so was to come into fellowship with us. Amen? Let's look at it a little bit more here, the 10th verse. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. So when Jesus came and he became this second perfect man, he went all the way to the cross, but it wasn't just the cross that qualified him. It was him being with us. It was him walking with us. It was him experiencing life with us. And when he went on the cross, he went as a man. He went as a human being. It qualified him to have experienced everything that we experienced. He wouldn't have been qualified otherwise. Amen? But because he did, I like this word, reconcile. You know, that's usually just an accounting term. But this is actually talking about a relationship. He said, from from God's perspective, now all of us are sitting here right now with a need to do our part in this. But from God's perspective, in Christ, we've already had the connection made. Already he's risen. Amen? All right. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. See, it's saying here, you know what? Even though you didn't do exactly what Adam did, it's in our nature. We cannot qualify. You cannot do enough good. It's not enough to just know what Jesus would do and try to do it. It's a nature problem. I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but let's hear this. Amen? Amen? Right? It required, it requires this reconciliation into God. This connection to be made. Because our sin nature is not something we can overlook. And you know, it's something that continues to try to come back to us. That's why we say, the old man is dead. I'm new in Christ. I have to remind myself of that. Because the old likes to come back and and make dictates and say, here's what you're going to do, right? So let's go to the 19th verse. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. All right. So that's that's what Jesus came to do. He didn't come to just come out of the grave on his own. He came to qualify us to go with him to the grave because we had a sentence upon our nature 
You know, we couldn't even, we, we could do nothing about it. It was on our nature. It's who we are. We have a sinful nature that it required a complete reconciliation of that thing. It had to have, it had to be paid for. I like this last song that we sang about. It said, it's been paid for. It's been paid for completely. But it had to be paid for by somebody that came and was one of us, did not give in like we did, and legally, his death, his sacrifice, could replace what we would have to pay. Amen? So, when that happened, he died on the cross, but immediately, he didn't just go to the grave by himself. Because he had been with us for that period of time, he, he carried that connection. God said, I'm going to have to make a connection with mankind, not just a few that he's around, with mankind, so that when he goes to the grave, he carries all of mankind with him to the grave. Because he was with us, because he didn't give in, he could take all of us with him to the grave. And the punishment that was due us, he didn't just pay it for us. He took us there. And he replaced ours for us. Amen? He defeated it greatly. Let's go to Hebrews 2.14. Because Jesus became in flesh and blood, he could destroy and release. Inasmuch then as children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. What does it say here? He became qualified to destroy the enemy because he became flesh and blood. Huh. Isn't that kind of interesting? It wasn't because he was the son of God. It's because he became flesh and blood. It was a legal requirement that unless he became one of us, unless he was touched by our, our, our same infirmities, the same things that would, would threaten to overtake us, he could not destroy the enemy. Isn't that amazing? But because, and again, I, I get this image of Christ. He is so passionate about each one of us of us that it keep it kept him here on the earth it kept him here fulfilling his walk it kept him doing that amen oh let's keep going and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage so he's referring to that nature that from adam till now it's what we have without christ but because he became flesh, because he became blood like us, he, he became like that first Adam. And his death would secure for us, not just life from the grave, but eternal life. Oh, let's look at this. The sacrifice of the Christ cross fulfilled all sins requirements. First John 2, 2. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Isn't that amazing? So even right now, the worst sinner, the worst person, his blood has already atoned for that. From God's perspective, connection 
has been provided. We can know him. Amen? And it's, that's why it's so important here this morning for us to, to celebrate the blood of Jesus, what he's done for us. Because it's a continual access by faith. It's not enough just for it to be a reality. What I see in this is a, rea- is a, is a tragic reality. <laughs> because his blood has already purchased the, the, the price for all of the sins of the whole world. Billions of people. And yet there's a requirement of accessing that by faith. Amen? Let's look at Colossians 2.12. So relationship triumphs over condemnation. This is really precious to me. So there was all the legal condemnation upon us, the, the, the sentence of eternal separation from God, because that's the worst part of it. You know, sometimes we think about hell and hellfire, and you know the worst thing about it is knowing you could have been in the presence of God and you chose not to. It's the separation. It's like Jesus on the cross. What was the worst thing? It was him having to say, God, why have you forsaken me? Not, why are these nails in my hand? Why are... He he didn't ask that. (laughs) He said, why have you forsaken me? That was the biggest thing. Colossians 2.12. Buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together. He made us alive together with him. When he came up out of the grave, it wasn't alone. It was a massive procession of reconciliation. Isn't that amazing? He has made us alive together with him. Having forgiven you all your trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of the requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. That's what we're celebrating today. Not just the the victory of, of Jesus over the grave, our victory with him. You know, there, there would be no reason for celebration if it was just him. The celebration is, I was there. Amen? Romans 6, 4. In union with Christ, we're risen with him to newness of life. Therefore, we were buried with him. See, it says, says this. We were buried with him. Through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. How is that newness of life made possible? The same way it was for the first Adam. What caused the first Adam to be able to violate his relationship with God? Do you think he would have done that if he thought, God was right there looking over his shoulder. Do you think Adam would have been into that, that thing that, that God told him not to bite into if he had known God's presence was right there at the moment? I don't think so. 
See, this is why God says, you know what? It's, it's not just about you getting, fixing stuff in your life, overcoming things yourself. It's about you becoming aware that I am there. Amen? It says, Be, I, I've, I've raised you up together with Christ. I've given you access. What's the biggest thing that we've gotten in that, in that resurrection of Christ? Access to the presence of God. Amen? How much do we access it? Amen? How much do we actually walk in the newness of life that Christ has provided for us? That's why Jesus came. Amen? That together we rise to what? An awareness of the presence of God that changes every step that we take. And no longer do we violate what God has said to do or not do because we know he's there. Amen? He desires fellowship more than anything else. You know what? I've had things in my life that have caused me to, 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 to not feel right in God's presence because I've violated something in my own conscience. God's not so concerned about our violation He's concerned about our reconciliation. And that's what the blood continually does for us. Is it brings us back into if we care. If we care. About, that's why we need a body around us like this. Because the more you're around an atmosphere of caring about what God cares about. The more it's going to influence your walk. And cause it to be new or old. Amen. Aren't you glad for the, the truth from the word of God? Amen. Let's look at Colossians 3.1. All right, I'm getting closer. Though risen together, there's a need for setting of the mind. So it's not enough. Again, we, we saw Jesus did this for the whole world. What it, makes it difference? Jesus came to be with us. His purpose was to have us be with him. That's our choice. He chose to be with us. Now it's up to us to choose to be with him. You see how critical this is? And we can change from one day to the next. Anybody ever experienced that? You know, it's like, goodness, how did I ever get here? And he says, you don't have to. You can always come back. You're here. The blood has established this forever, that you can access my presence anytime. And when you do, you're accessing resurrection power. You were there when you access his presence. Isn't that wonderful? You were rising from the grave with him when you access the presence of God. Ah, this is wonderful. All right. If you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is our life appears, then you also will appear. What does it say? With him. With him. This is the whole purpose of the cross is with. Who are we going to be with? Amen. The revelation that, that he came and walked the earth with me helps me know that now I can choose to be with him right now. Oh man, this, this, is the greatest, this is the greatest revelation we could have on a day of celebrating the resurrection. 
<laughs> Amen? We miss out on it if, if we just get stuck on the celebrating his rising. We have to rise together with him.